everyone, and thank you for joining us on Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Ellen Pogamiller with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Catherine Bishop, president of OEA. Fried Okra is a weekly podcast where we get together to talk about education issues in Oklahoma. We hope you'll join us every Friday. And today, joining us for our 100th podcast. What? 100? We are 100 years old. Or days, or we should address as hundred-year-olds like kids do on school. (laughs) Not that anybody sees us, but um. so how many years does a podcast, one hundred podcasts, go? You know, like it's like dog years. Oh, yeah, one hundred podcasts is like meh. Yeah, at least I don't know what that translates to, but I like the thought of it. Someone else can help us with that pretend (laughs) math. Ivy, what's your thoughts on this? Three. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, yeah. welcome, Ivy. We so this week, last week, we were off um, because of delegate assembly. So, how how was delegate assembly for everybody? It, amazing. It was so good to be back in person. Oh, to see faces. You could just feel the excitement in the air because people were just so excited to be there together. The, you know. Our delegates that are elected to represent uh, their members, they they love delegate assembly. It is where it is democracy in action. And, and, you know, we've had to do it two years on Zoom and or virtually. And it it lost some of its you lose that in a virtual world. And to be back and calling on microphones and see movement and people moving. That was awesome. Yeah, it, uh, you know, a lot of us um, were new to it in the, in the roles that we're in. So it was all kind of, uh, even though I had been a delegate for many, many years at, in the classroom, uh, and then obviously part of Delegate Assembly as an OEA staff member, but in my new role, it was, it was a whole new, a whole new world. <laughs> Ellen, you hadn't been to an in-person Delegate Assembly yet. No, that was my first one. And so I I was kind of in awe of the process of, you know, this opportunity to discuss hard topics and have an opportunity to ask questions and debate for and against and amend. And um, I, I loved watching the process. Yeah. There, there is nothing better than a parliamentary process. And Getting it's, a, to, it's a real nerdy, but also um, I, I heard uh, Joe on our comm staff say beautifully democratic and that I yeah. think that's a perfect way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you, you have all the you 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 have the speeches, you have awards that we give, but the business and and it is our members. It is a member driven organization. And that's what you get to see at Delegate Assembly, you know, to know that. Our members vote on a budget that for the services and programs we're going to be providing to our members, they have a voice. Our legislative goals, Ivy, for you know 2023, they have a voice. It's a part of the process. And, and it's our members that develop all that. So it's not our members develop the budget, our members develop the legislative goals, our members, our resolutions, bring action, all of it. business items. I- yeah. Can I just share that real quick? I mean, having have being the staff person for let's just say legislative goals as an example, we sit as a as a totally member made up uh, legislative committee, 
and we make up the goals. And then those goals- We go don't make the them up, you no, create them. <laughs> create the goals, that's what I mean. <laughs> create them. make them, create them. <laughs> and then it goes to the board and maybe they amend them. And then it comes to the delegate assembly where they can be amended again. It's just um, every step of the way, it's our members telling us what they want. Yeah. And then it's our job to carry that out. And, and every step of the way, it's a member who's been elected to represent them. So Absolutely. it is a democratically representation of, they're not, I mean, I, I, that, not I, the president. So in that role, the president appoints the committee members demographically, geographically, well representation, you know, of our members across the state. And so it's just, it, when you, it just kind of gives you goosebumps to think about it when uh, how how really it is not one person deciding these things. Never. And, and, and that happens in other organizations that it's just one person that they, it drives them. You know, uh, I often hear sometimes, Ivy, that people will say, well, why don't you survey your members? And I'm like, well, we we have members that are already at the table creating these things that are representing their members back home and then we vote on them and then we have another, but all the layers of voices in there, it's, right. you know, these are, yeah, it just, ha that's how it's supposed to happen. And, and, and it's not like we don't ever survey our members. Oh no, we, we, serve, we, we survey our members a lot of times. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, but I think that um, if you look at, at who makes up our board, um, every corner of the state is represented. Yeah. And so uh, we have our urban areas, our suburban, our, our rural. And so those voices elected by their peers yeah. are who are making this this policy. Yeah. And so um, it's a really cool process. Yeah, it, and, it I, is, you, it, and they take such pride. I think that's the part I appreciated. You know, when someone came up and spoke, you know, they weren't always speaking, speaking on behalf of their beliefs. They were speaking on behalf of the members they represented. And I, you know, and they would reiterate that in a way that I thought brought so much value to being able to have a democratic, you know, body and the belief that they are representing a group of people, you know, that they may not always share the values of them, but they understand their community and they spoke for their community. And there was this, and, and the debate is always intended to be respectful. And, but just like you said, Ellen, it's representing, it is, that is their fiduciary responsibility is it's the good of the whole, you know, mm -hmm. and, and it's not, you know, yeah, somebody may come with a new business item that's very personal to them, but when we have to make decisions, it is for the good of the whole and, and how it's going to affect all of our members, not just, um, it may be very personal to you, but it's, it's how, and we listened and, 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 and the cool thing is I, I watched it because the, you know, up front, you can see everybody, but I watched and, and when it, when it had an impact on a, another part of our state, people listened and they amended, uh, you know, amended it. And so they made sure that whatever was passed, that's always, should always be our number one priority is this for the good of the whole, um, not just a specific area or a personal reason. Yeah. Well, I loved it, and I'm glad I got to experience it in person. Do you know my favorite part is what? I actually got to bang my gavel really hard 
because <laughs> like when you're in a virtual world, you can't because it blows everybody out because it's just <laughs> so loud. The gavel is back is what the you're ga- saying. The gavel is back. <laughs> nice. It's so much fun. It's, you know, just to, you know, just hearing those rap, 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 you know, we're calling, you know, the 2022 delegate assembly is, is now in session. Just those words are just, or at the end, you know, we're adjourned. Yes. Yeah. It's exciting. Fun. We are going to switch gears though, because we missed kind of a legislative update last week. And, and this week, um, we are but nothing, nothing happened, right? Ivy. Yeah. <laughs> no, nothing ever happens in May at the legislature. <laughs> Yeah, so so we're in the, you know, we passed the committee deadline, I believe on our last podcast, we talked about kind of what, what got hearings, what didn't get hearings, that kind of thing. And so now we're in the, now we're in budget negotiations. And those are, I, I don't even want to say it in a, you know, sneaky smoke filled room, but those are closed door conversations at this point. It's a small group. It's, it's your appropriations chairs in both chambers. Um, you know, we are, are, Government is a is the three legged stool, right? So the House and the Senate kind of have been working off and on all session to kind of um, reach budget agreements. And we heard that yesterday the governor's staff entered the room. Um, not like everyone's been sequestered this whole time. That's kind of, that's almost what it, they make it sound like. Well, the governor's staff's going to enter the room, so they set up meetings that did include that third leg yesterday. So. Um, I'm told Brian Bingman, who's the former pro tem of the Senate, but now is the Secretary of State, he's in the room, and and then a lot of the fiscal staff on the governor's staff, not a lot, a couple of guys. So um, those conversations began yesterday to kind of see um, how close the the House and the Senate were to what the governor's priorities are, and and you know how that shakes out. Um, it. If you'll remember, we kind of talked about this big ocean project, right? The the uh, Panasonic battery that shall not be named, project. right? Right, <laughs> not not Panasonic, right. but also Panasonic um, that was possibly coming to uh, prior. And then yesterday, uh, news broke that they're almost out of money. They're looking for funders, and so maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't. And that's a that's a huge part of what the budget was was contingent on. And so I think right now, all people have are questions. The folks actually making those decisions are not sharing them because I don't know that we know what to share. So so go back to that, Ivy. Sure. They're out. So the money that they were, that they were saying, hey, we'll, we'll give you is not there? No, no. Oh. Um, <laughs> no, no. The, the company itself, the canoe, um, Oh, the first, the kind of the first the, company, the, the first of the ones to yeah. to get this type of incentive package, right? So the Panasonic deal is separate from that. I probably okay. missed my. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. So the incentive we gave to Canoe that hasn't built a car yet, they're out of money. They're oh, and so they said they've got some funders in line, but it may not be in time, and it may not be in in the guidelines of what this incentive package outlined right now, it's a, it's a tweet storm. And so I don't know what, I don't know what, <laughs> well, that, I, that makes I, it real and true. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's just it. I do want to say, we don't know what's accurate and what's not accurate, yeah. but, but these were quotes from this company. So you have to think something is oh. 
awry. Is this um, kind of tied with the other deal? You you would batteries for these go in these cars. The batteries would go with a lot of different things, Tesla and these and everything else. But I think probably what what I would caution is maybe we've done this too fast, right? Uh, Maybe we didn't do our due diligence and and that kind of thing. So I would hate to see us go seven hundred million dollars when the smaller one is not even kind of worked out. And so who knows where that will land. I do think that probably does slow down the budget talks a little bit because it does, it is contingent on those um, incentives. Yeah, I was just thinking maybe that's why they haven't built any cars yet because they don't have the batteries. <laughs> maybe so. Yeah, maybe, maybe, so. That's, maybe that's it. So. I can't imagine that's the only battery source, <laughs> but who knows. So So that ties into the budget process is what you're saying. So that's right. Right. The fact that the governor just uh, the governor's staff just just entered those those talks yesterday. Um, You know, every year you get uh, speculation that we're going to get out early and they're going to they're going to adjourn early. Signy die has to happen by the end of business on the last day of May, the last business day of May, which is May 31st. Mm. Does it have to? Is it the last Friday or the last? No, no, business day. So thirty business day. Oh, the thirty first. I always thought it was the last Friday. So no, oh, they'll go to a Tuesday. It could be a Tuesday, right? Rarely do they come back after Memorial Day. I will say that in my nine years, I want to say it's maybe happened once or twice, and it was leading up to a special session anyway. Yeah. So that's the other option. We don't have to have a budget by then. We have to die by then, and then a special session would have to be called. So I'm not saying I'm hearing those rumors at all. I don't want to say special session is happening at all. But I'm just saying if we don't pass a balanced budget, constitutionally, a special session would have to be called. But they still have several weeks. And so um, we're we're at the 11th now. Normally, we're talking budget by now. Normally. Normally, at least it's been released. We've seen JCAB bills. Yeah, those types of things haven't happened yet. We're a little later in the process. And I, go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I have heard. Um, I've heard just you know conversations in the Capitol with the governor's not interested in leaving early. You know, he does. He's not a. He's not bound to the session. So, oh, in his um, you know third hand information in his mind. We've got time, so no rush. Oh. They always seem to get it figured out and they do. hammered out, and you know, they do. now these these guys have done it for a while. They know what they're doing. Just because we don't understand every step of the process doesn't mean it's not happening. And, and from the very beginning, they know how much money they have because that was the authorization that was done by the Board of Equalization. So they Back know how much they've been authorized. Correct to have. Yeah. Correct. And if you if you put into if you put into the formula, all of the federal relief dollars, uh, there's a there's a lot of money that mm-hmm. can be spent or saved. And and that's mm-hmm. usually the sticking point. How yeah. much are we going to stick back? How much are we going to give away? How much are we going to actually spend on core services? And those are always the points. Yeah, Roy and I had that same discussion, too. I said, you know, we should buy shoes with this. And he said, no, we should save it. And so. Exactly. I, I, you know, I, I think a pretty common, a pretty common belief is your budget shows your priorities. Yeah. Whatever it happens to be, everyone's priorities are shown by their budget. And so um, we have heard uh, for education specifically, we've heard the conversations. We don't know this for a fact, but we've heard conversations saying we gave record dollars to public to common ed. So 
pre-K through 12 last year. And every school has relief dollars to spend. So this isn't the year to really, really invest. So I don't know what it will look like. I haven't heard that from anyone official. It's just been kind of scuttled over there. So who knows? And from the beginning, they've said flat budget. For all core core services. For all core services. Except for a few. Yeah. Yeah. We we have heard uh, corrections employees will be getting a raise. We've heard uh, state troopers, uh, additional academies would be funded. Some some high needs um, in our in our public safety uh, are being talked about. So I think we will see some things funded. Um, education, even in a flat budget, um, it, it, the numbers will show an increase because health insurance uh, costs will goes up. Yeah, increase. Different things like that will be hopefully funded. Um, we haven't heard that they won't be. So it, it's it's a little complicated. Yeah. And and the rest of kind of what's going on in this last month of session is conference committees. Yeah, you talked about those a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. So that means they're in conference because the amendments that came back to whatever chamber, they said, nope. Right. We don't like. So, So if a senator writes a bill and gets it through the Senate and then it goes over and there's a House author that he gets to he or she gets to sponsor that bill then uh, maybe changes are made. If there are changes made, it has to come back. And he, they, that author has the ability to accept those amendments, send it to the governor, reject the amendments, send it to conference committee. And so many of the bills that we've been anxiously watching are going to conference committee. And that cannot be, I mean, that can be a good thing. It can be a bad thing. It can be a scary thing. Sometimes they uh, sub in some wonky language and sometimes they just compromise. Are you watching? Are there any specific that you are kind of following? Yeah, yeah, we've got a, a few. Um, the charter school bill, uh, the brand new uh, statewide charter board uh, creation, uh, Senate Bill 1621, uh, was changed pretty drastically in the House. And so it came back over to the Senate and it has been sent to conference committee. Uh, the senator wasn't happy with all of the changes. Um, I do know um, some folks have been at the table speaking with him about what they really, really want. And that's not just like um, our groups, um, but the Charter School Association. And so hopefully that uh, comes out as a compromise that everyone can live with. Um, so, the, so Ivy, quick yeah. question. So does the when it goes to conference, it's like a joint committee. It's House and Senate, right? Well, it's not. It, they don't all sit down together. OK, um, yeah. The House. The House assigns a conference committee, the Senate okay. assigns a conference committee, and uh, the hopefully both authors, the House author and the Senate author, yeah. have gotten together, and they send it to those committees separately, and then it has to go back to each floor for approval. Okay, so they're not like in one room together. They're not. They're not. They're, it's not a yeah. joint committee. And the- <laughs> And this feels like super timely. Like if they finish the budget before they go through these processes, they just die. Yeah. 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 So if you'll, if you'll notice the floor activity has been really light. The Senate was in for like 45 minutes yesterday and they did do a few of these, but it's, it feels like a bit of a slow play right now. I don't know what, what's going on. No one's told me that, but it's not like they're trying to get a lot of them through. And maybe they are in that compromise stage with their house author or their Senate author where they're not quite ready to make that decision yet. But the other ones that, um, let's see, Senate Bill 1535, the TLE, 
you know, in its original version out of the Senate, it was doing away with all things TLE. And it got to the House and it probably wasn't going to get a hearing. And so they kept a framework. We're getting rid of PL focus. We're getting rid of some of the onerous reporting on the administrative side. And then it got back to the Senate and those amendments were rejected and it's now going to conference. So we have to hope that we'll see some kind of a compromise there. Um, House Bill 3564 is the scholarship bill that uh, we've been so excited about. It, it will fund um, 1,000 applicants for up to $25,500, a little bit at a time through college, and then uh, loan forgiveness for if they teach in Oklahoma for five years. So the public uh, school. Good, correct. They must graduate from a public school, go to a public college, teach at a public school. That was uh, Representative Mark McBride. He has said that is his, uh, his emphasis from the beginning. It was amended in the Senate actually to add private colleges for the, for the uh, loan forgiveness. And he rejected that amendment. He, um, he has actually released conference language to take the public back out. So we'll see, we'll see how the, how the Senate um, feels about that. Yeah. I think it's important to know. I, I hope they get to a compromise. That's a really important bill. Yeah, I, I sure hope they do too, because yeah. uh, my, the teacher shortage, this is not a silver bullet solution, yeah. but it, there is a, a step in the right direction. It, it's a great short-term strategy yes. to mm -hmm. have. Yes. Um, Senate bill, no, House Bill 4388 is uh, kind of a combination of the funding mechanism and the uh, framework of a, of a new program for um, the idea was to keep teachers in the classroom and, and allow them to make a little extra money. They could be an advanced teacher, a lead teacher, or a master teacher. And um, it, we've seen some changes through it, and the House uh, rejected Senate amendments, and so it is headed to conference. I really have heard very little conversation about what the what what their plans for that are. So those are some conversations I'm hoping to have this week. Uh, with with the authors to say what you know what are you even thinking who's who's weighing in that kind of thing and then uh, the last one that is has sent to conference that our members have really reached out about and and are interested in is senate bill 615 um and it started out as a um you know if if you're going to teach sex ed parents have to be able to have access to that curriculum agreed parents should no have matter it. where where it's taught it, it felt like Right. I yeah. always thought that was already in the law. <laughs> you know, me too. I think most of our schools already do this. Do but yeah. In case we have to make sure. But then uh, kind of in the final hours, it was amended to address transgender students and which restrooms they're allowed to use. So um, that language was added uh, on the last day of deadline week or maybe the next to the last day of deadline week in the House. And then it got back to the Senate and the amendments were rejected. I also have not heard um, from Senator Bullard like what he's looking for, what those, you know, what what those compromises are. But we are definitely watching. Our members have uh, have reached out, kind of on both sides of that issue. Frankly, mm -hmm. just interested in in um, you know making sure those kids feel safe in our schools. Yeah, making sure all kids feel safe in our schools. How about that? Yeah. Absolutely. And then and then one that we've been really excited about got signed by the governor last week. Um, House Bill 3638 to do away with the OGET, the uh, general knowledge Edge test. Yeah. Yes, test that lots of folks were having a problem with, especially um, alternatively certified folks, uh, maybe coming to teaching later in life. 
it's been a really long time since you've had algebra one, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so some of those basic skills that maybe you're going to be an art teacher and you don't need algebra, it doesn't make sense that that we have to pass that test. And so there's some argument that we're watering down certification. But I, I mean, here at OEA, we really support this one. And we've had, heard from so many of our members that this is the one thing keeping folks from getting a standard certification. And so um, this one was amended along the way to be all pathways. No one has to take this test anymore. And so number one, it's really expensive. And number two, it was keeping folks from getting certified. And so um, and, I, and I know um, I'm just going to use the acronym OEQA. That's the agency that is over the testing. They already have information out how to go in and request a refund. And I, if we don't have it on our website, we'll get we'll get it on our website. Um, the different things that uh, people need to do, but that went into effect immediately. Like it, it did, it did. As soon as the emergency passed, which means as soon as the governor signed it, it was in effect. So Ellen uh, pointed out to me the State Department of Ed put out something yesterday that said mm -hmm. they have now they are in the process of of removing it from any form, any uh, mm -hmm. certification application, and and we'll put that out in our update this weekend. Uh, oh, so good. look yeah. out look out from your email. It will come from my yeah. name. Um and and look out for um kind of what the State Department kind of plans, the step-by-step -step method to to get you closer to that certification. Yeah, it, it affects two state agencies. So you have the State Department that does certification, you've got the you got OEQA, which is Office of Quality and Accountability. Accountability, and that does the testing, the certification testing. And so uh, they're both they they were like on it. Yeah, I, I think we all saw this coming. And so hopefully it can happen really fast because we were prepared for it. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, you know, you talk about taking something off of a plate that did it right there. Yeah. Like yeah. check the box. I agree. The uh, representative Sterling is a former educator out of the Tecumseh area. And he heard people loud and clear and really, really worked to get this passed. And it took a lot of people to get it through. He wasn't doing it alone, but he really did kind of take up that charge and we appreciate him. And I'm glad that it, it included everyone, whether you were going through the College of Education or an alternative route, right. it was for, and it, it wasn't just exclusive just for a particular group. So I, I was glad to see that. If it's not important, it's not important. Yeah. But Let's yeah, save folks yeah. some money. Let's save some time and headache for everyone. Stress. Nobody needs stress right now. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So Ivy, I always ask this question. You know, I ask a lot of times teachers in this time of the year, how many days do they have left of school? So if you can answer in 3.2 seconds, how many days left in the legislative session you win a prize? I, do I don't. You? I'm sorry, I don't. Are we counting weekends? We got 20. This one's really easy. <laughs> We're recording on Wednesday this week, so. <laughs> you know, I always, uh, I try to, I, I always say I'm not getting my hopes up for the majoring early, but I do in my heart get my hopes up just a little bit. And so, very, um, I will say longest case scenario, I don't know if it's best or worse, because what's what's bad is some good stuff will go by the wayside if they adjourn early. Exactly. But also yeah. some bad stuff will go by the wayside. So, you know, it's a it's that uh, catch 22 situation. All right. Well, thank you, Ivy. Thanks for having me.
Well, let's just take some time and catch up with Catherine. You know, Ellen, we didn't have a podcast last week and we miss being able to celebrate and uh, teacher appreciation week. And so uh, belated teacher appreciation week to everyone. You know, we celebrate um, our education support professionals during American Ed Week in November and teacher appreciation weeks always happens in May. But also this week on Wednesday uh, was uh, Nurses Day. And so I hope everyone on Wednesday helped celebrate. If you have a nurse in your building or a nurse assistant in your building, that you celebrated them. And then, in, so importantly, the month of May is our National Mental Health Awareness Month. And um, it's so important. Uh, it couldn't come at a better time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it really needs to be every month. Yes. Um, I know um, on, in our EDGE this last week, um, you can find resources there. NEA has a plethora of resources uh, on their website to help with that. And then, hey, Ellen, did you see the news from the State Department about uh, that Dolly Parton's Imagination Library? Yes. I'm so excited. But tell me a little bit more. I can't remember exactly how. You know, um, we have been. Uh, at the state level have been hearing about the work that ha- that was happening in Tennessee with the Dolly Parton Foundation and her 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 true value of making sure that every child had books in their hands wow. and that the importance of just early literacy being read to is so vitally important and so what this will do will um, provide from when a child is born until they're five, and they will receive in the mail um, a book every month that's age appropriate. So they can- I love that. That in their brother or sister's lap, their their parents' lap, their grandparents' lap, whoever, whoever is appropriate and to be read to, because this is such an important uh, early literacy is, is what it's about and it's just one step we're doing in the right direction to make sure that all of Oklahoma children have the opportunity to have a book and just think about it from birth to five 12 books a year think what their life their little personal libraries will look like 60 books I know that's amazing it's really quick math I'm glad you did that my kids are really into math so we do a lot of 12 times five. Anyway, that was was really good. (laughs) But you can go on the State Department website and sign up. And I believe next week we'll have information out in the edge how to to do that. And so um, this is a great opportunity, especially for educators to be making sure that our families know about this, that, you know, our job as educators is to to get the word out, to Mm -hmm. be sharing the news. I, I don't care if you're in the grocery store line. I don't care where you're at, but just be telling everybody that, you know, oh, you have a new baby. Did you know you can sign up for this and get free books every month? And so that is what we want to do. You know, we we got we wrapped up delegate assembly, but our next big uh, conference is summer leadership. That's going to happen on June 22nd and 23rd. And I know we've talked about it before, but we the afternoon of June the 22nd on Wednesday, we are starting a new session and it's uh, we're going to have breakout sessions for all of our members, but specifically we're going to have 
training for our local presidents, vice presidents, secretary, treasurers. And we're calling this that leadership is worth it. You know, we're, we're, everything is worth it. We're about worth it now. And, and not now we've always been about worth it, but you know, that's our focus. We're worth right. it. And so on that, that afternoon, uh, we're going to have roller light groups where we can get to know our leaders that are in those locals and help make sure that we're providing the training and resources they need. And then on the 23rd is where, you know, we want everybody there on the 22nd too, but the 23rd, we're going to be focused on our locals because our locals are worth it mm-hmm. and providing an all day training um, for them. And I, I just love when we're able to be together in person and, and because we just share ideas and just to, to watch it happen is so important. And it's going to be at the embassy suites uh, on Northwest Expressway and I-44 across okay, from- where we had the organizing conference. Yeah, across from Integros Hospital. And so it's a great facility and great conference center too. So we want uh, that registration. You received information in the edge and we want, uh, we want you to sign up and attend. It's going to be a great event. That's awesome. Um, I'm, I, I like kind of what you talked about, just having those different focuses on leadership. As yeah. someone who goes out to locals all the time, I think having an opportunity to know how to be a leader, I think that's a value added that we add as an organization. And I like that we're focused. Yeah. yeah. You know, and a, a belated happy Mother's Day to everyone. Uh, the mothers, our mother, my mother, who's a teacher, my daughter, who's a teacher. And so, you know, did you... Did you get to do something special, Ellen, on Mother's Day? Um, if by special, you mean watch a lot of soccer games when it was 100 degrees outside oh. and cheer on like a mother. Yes, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get to do anything? Uh, I got to have uh, breakfast with my children and uh, because I had to catch a flight later on in the day. But um, it was it was wonderful. Awesome. It was just, uh, and the flight attendant sang a song for all the mothers on the plane. So, oh, I, I mean, that. Who, who doesn't get that? So, <laughs> come on, uh, you get that. So, well, that's yeah. awesome. Well, we want to thank um, Ivy Riggs for joining us today, and thank you for listening to Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Ellen Pogamiller with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Catherine Bishop, president of OEA. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Fried Okra on Apple Podcasts. You can also contact us at friedokrapodcast at gmail.com. We hope you'll join us again next week. Until then, keep fighting the good fight for public education.